Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Big bets here on a Thursday. Dave Ross and Amal Shaw here at South Point Casino and Hotel getting ready for TNF. It has not exactly been something that uh, appointment television so far, the Thursday night football schedule. Again, as commissioner of the NFL, Amal, one day, I will abolish TNF. There will be no Thursday night football in my world. But in our world, it's here, and I know it's going to be a big day for the uh, football betters out there. We're going to talk to Josh Applebaum a little bit about what he's seeing in this game and the NFL uh, as well at about 11.45 our time uh, here in the West Coast. We're going to have Mike Pritchard join us in hour number two, get all of Pritchard's thoughts on the NFL season. See how I said our time? I'm all I specified Pacific Coast. Have time. you seen the graphic, Dave? Oh, we got military time! <laughs> we got military time! 15.45, everybody! Dave, 45 no idea what our are today. <laughs> That's so beautiful. So Ricardo Lamas is going to join us in hour number two. Everybody set your time to military time. Ricardo will be at 15.45. Yes, sir! And we'll catch up with the, the bully and uh, the last man to beat, uh, Charles Oliveira, who's going to go for that strap in Abu Dhabi tomorrow at UFC 280. He was the last man to beat Charles Oliveira at 145 pounds. Of course, Oliveira now fighting at 155. I love that. Was that your doing or was that Kelly's doing for the military time? That's Kelly. I know, well, but people always make fun of me because all, all my texts are always – I'll see you at 1730, 1900, you know, 19. That was Michelle downstairs who handles all our graphics. I oh, thought it was a good idea. And I said, go I, for it. Well done. I said, I got one host who, who reads uh, time like no, nobody else in America. And I got another host who just can't read time. That's it. <laughs> I, if you guys remember the, the classic comedy Hot Shots, 
Well, they said to Lloyd Bridges, who's the commander, they said, uh, he says, what time is the invasion? And they said, oh, 930. He goes, oh, well, then wake me up and say, oh, 500. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get to football tonight. We have seen some line moves slightly in this one uh, for the Cardinals against the Saints. Again, I, I said yesterday when we're talking about maybe if the NFL's got a quarterback problem, this would, would be a matchup of two former number one draft picks in Kyler Murray and James Winston. The problem is we don't know if James Winston's going to go yet. So is it going to be Andy Dalton or is it going to be James Winston? Kelly and I were talking a little bit just even before the show. You kind of get the feeling they're going to run Taysom Hill. Like, I know Twitter doesn't want Taysom Hill to be a thing in 2022, but the bottom line is with James out, they've been a pretty good running football team, the Saints. So they're going to use Taysom Hill in some way, shape, or form. And I saw a little bit on the Cardinals side. They were saying, hey, we got to stop guessing as to what he's going to do. And when he's in the game, just attack. Just attack him like he's another running back. You're absolutely right about that. And this team really needs to find some continuity offensively. This is going to be uh, a team, if they were, what are they coming in at, two and four in this game? Yeah. Uh, They lose this game. They're they're two and five for the first time in a long time. Um, I mean, last time they got off to a two and five start was 2012. And remember, Sean Payton was suspended for that season. So Sean Payton never had a two and five start. So this team really needs to get on track here with Dennis Allen. And and that's interesting you bring that up because you forget about that, that, that suspension. That's when they were down. Now, all of a sudden, Dennis Allen it is a head coach. I'm not putting this at the feet of Dennis Allen, but the you know they say that what would Parcell say the record is what you that's yeah. what you are right and you are two and four and so the Cardinals here these are two teams I, I felt like the Cardinals were a fade early but everybody feel feel felt like they liked the Saints that the Saints are going to be a challenger in the South is it as simple as to say. Because of James's injury, they're not who we thought they might be. Yeah, I think, look, when you want – I think them and Denver are in a similar situation. The quarterback plays what's hindered both teams. You look at the Saints team defensively against the Carolina Panthers. Should have won the game. The defense was outstanding. It was the a lack of offensive ability to get them in trouble. The game against Minnesota, I thought that was a game they could have won. Mm-hmm. Um, they got The offense was scuffling a little bit too much. They've got a they've got a top ten defense. I mean, maybe not statistically, but the point is they've got the capability when healthy of really locking some teams down. Um, this is an important game for both teams. I, I really think it's going to kind of gauge where both teams are going into the season. This is a huge game because this is a pseudo buy, right? You you yeah. play this game ten days get, off. Yeah, exactly. So an opportunity here for both sides. Uh, I look at look at the Cardinals. That number again has gone up from one and a half to two and a half here. The total, by the way, has come down a little bit. It was forty four and a half earlier in the week. Now down a full point to forty three and a half. On social media today, DeAndre Hopkins is back. Yeah, six game suspension for PEDs. He put out a don't call it a comeback video on social media. And I thought, uh, this is an interesting way to go. Like, look at what I've gone through. And now I'm back, people. Don't call it a comeback. Dude, you got suspended. It wasn't like an injury. Now you're back and it's this feel-good story. It's just an interesting mentality of athletes these days. And Hopkins is going to make a difference in this offense. Right. No doubt about it. Do people just, by the way, they just don't care anymore about the stuff they don't care about in baseball, they don't care about in football? When can you play? Because it seems like all fantasy football uh, owners want to know, certainly NFL fans, it just seems like they don't care about the reason. Just when can you play? Look, I'm indifferent. I, I just kind of come to realize that there are just certain things that are accepted in today's society. Probably not things that I would necessarily right. wa- uh, you know, sign up for, but... You know, you just kind of take it for what it is. But he does make a difference. I mean, all kidding aside, he makes a huge difference to their offense. This is not a 
you know, a 1A. By the way, Michael Thomas is not going to go for the Saints tonight. Yeah. Uh, also, Jarvis Landry isn't going to go for the Saints tonight. So they are depleted the wide receiver position. Chris Olave looks like he is past concussion protocol. He could be back, but that's still two for one. You probably don't want that trade-off for the Saints. But getting Hopkins back has got to help out Kyler Murray. And really, the last six weeks, it felt like, could you wait until Hopkins gets, gets back? Is this all that ails their offense? Well, I don't think it's that simplistic. I mean, statistically, it appears to be the case when Hopkins is in the game, this team is completely different offensively. But to me, when I look at this team right now, the bigger challenge still remains with their, the fact that they don't ever get out of neutral in the first half. Even though they dominated Carolina, they mm. were struggling the first half of that game. The Raiders game, it was just an absolute fortuitous comeback. And then the fumble by um, Hunter Renfro was a difference in that mm-hmm. one. This team could just as easily be 1-5 as they are 2-4. and four. They were dominated by Seattle. Remember, they got seven points or six points, what have you, on a um, block punt. Right. Uh, I mean, this has not been an offense that's doing particularly well. Now, they did play well against the Eagles. Uh, it was competitive, but... Still, I think this team is a long way from being one that you look at and go, wow, they're going to really be able to compete. And, you know, it's funny. I I liked the Cardinals yesterday, and I think with Hopkins in there, they should be able to win this game. But i got to tell you, Dave, I haven't played this one yet, and I don't know if I'm going to end up playing it simply because can you really trust the Cardinals? I think the one thing, if you look at the four units, offensive and defensive for both sides, the one you would trust the most at this point in time is the Saints' defense. And here's the thing. The Cardinals have lost eight in a row at home, Mm -hmm. dating back to last year, obviously. So they're, they're not putting their best foot forward at home. Also not putting their best foot forward in the first quarter. How many points in six games, yeah. six games, have they scored combined in the first quarter? Well, I'm going to say probably between three and six. Zero? Three. Three, okay. They got the three. That would be the zero. They got the three points in six games. Wow. So I don't know what the King, Kyler Murray, and Cliff Kingsbury with the great hair, what they're doing and what they're scheming up in the first quarter, but it ain't working. Well, first of all, there's a few factors. Kyler Murray's height, you know, it's definitely a factor. You see certain situations where he just can't see to be able to see past the defensive line. He He scrambles, he leaves the pocket. You know what I think? I've seen this with a lot of great players, great athletes with Kyler Murray. Um, Kyler Murray's from Allen, Texas. He was probably or arguably the greatest high school football player of all time. He went 41 and 0. He was suspended for one game. They won three straight state titles in the big, big level. And then he wins a Heisman and number one overall pick in college. When you're the best athlete on the field every time, yeah. you're so used to being able to do that. When you get to the NFL, even though if you're a great athlete, if you're a Lamar Jackson, even though you're still the best athlete on the field, you just can't out out you know, just out-athlete everybody else at this point in time. I think that's Kyler's uh, problem. He's very quick. Remember that play against the Raiders? It took like 18 seconds on the two-point conversion. But you can't do that every time, right? You might have that as a one-off. But long-term, you've got to be able to throw the ball with accuracy. I thought that decision to slide, and then they missed the field goal in the game a couple of weeks ago. Crucial play there. These are the little things that separate winning and losing. You know this. I always say this in the NFL. Teams 5 through 28 are two plays and two players away from being the same teams. No question. The slide you're alluding to against the Eagles there, if he just picks it up, they have a chance to win the game. They're Absolutely. Down three. Instead, because he slid early, they had to kick a field goal, which they miss, and they yeah. lose in regulation. So that's the difference, as you're pointing out, those plays between winning and losing. One other thing, it does look like Andy Dalton's going to get the start tonight. The Saints lead the NFL in rushing when Andy Dalton is the starting quarterback. So clearly they're calling a different game than they're yeah. going to call for, for James Winston. I make this equation in Dallas all the time. Like with Cooper rushing, you become more of a two tight end set. You run the ball more. With Dak Prescott coming back for the Cowboys, just as an aside, I don't know that they have to change the formula. 
when Jameis Winston comes back for the Saints? Should they change the formula? It's working, at least running the football with Andy Dalton. I don't know why it would be different different with Jameis Winston. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. Now, I will say this, though. I think there is the ability with Jameis to throw the ball down the field more. You take more shots. Um, you feel like you can make more plays in the passing game with him than you can right now at this stage with Andy Dalton. And Alvin Kamara looks like he's at least back with uh, Andy Dalton under center, back to his rushing ways here. We know he had a tumultuous offseason, to say the least. And you see the prop watch for tonight here, 15 and a hook there for the attempts. And you see the rushing yards is, dare I say, only 61 and a half. But you look at the combination, there it is. It's basically 100, right? 100 yeah. and a half is what you got to get to. And the longest rush being 15 and a half. Look, they're going to use him out of the backfield as well. But they have run him more as a traditional running back with Andy Dalton back behind center. Look, when he's healthy and he's going right, he's as dangerous, dangerous as an offensive weapon as there is. But... Uh, can you allow some of the other running backs in the running game traditional itself and then the receiving game take some pressure off of Kamara? That would help a lot. What's amazing is you look at in the prop watch for the rushing attack, Kyler Murray is 34-and-a-half. You understand why. He's going to use his legs. Taysom Hill, almost the same number, 32-and-a-half. And you don't know how many attempts Taysom Hill is going to get. But that tells you right there, the betting market, he's going to get his attempts. Yeah, no I'm, question. There's no question about it that the Saints are going to run uh, at least one quarterback, the other one, Andy Dalton, maybe just leading a rushing attack from a more traditional position. All right, much more to get to. We're going to talk about Major League Baseball as the Yankees are down 0-1 as they try to get back on the good foot against the Strohs today. All of that and so much more. Again, Josh Applebaum later on this hour, military time. That would be 11.45. We'll see Josh then. Come on back. It's Big Bets on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN Pro subscribers get access to the best betting talent in the game. You know it if you've already subscribed. If you haven't, you can do it right now. We got a midseason offer to make you a much smarter better. Sign up now for just $99 and get VEASAN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl. You get everything VEASAN has to offer, including our 24-7 live shows and subscriber-only betting guides to college bowl season and the Super Bowl, all for less than the normal monthly rate. You're also going to get VEASAN subscriber-only season prep guides to the NHL, NBA, and the World Cup. It is the best bet in the game, $99 for VEASAN Pro. Now, through the Super Bowl, sign up at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Once again, going to have Josh Applebaum later on this hour, Mike Pritchard, hour number two, and the bully himself, Ricardo Lamas, coming up at the end of today's show. Let's get back to some news notes in the NFL, which might have a, maybe could alter some future betters out there when you look and try to prognosticate what some of these teams might do before the trade deadline. I think some eyebrows got raised in Kansas City when they saw that the team restructured Travis Kelsey's contract. It gave them an extra $3.5 million in cap space. Right. And then all of a sudden, the rumors came out right on the heels of that that OBJ could be going to Kansas City. Odell Beckham Jr., whenever he is ready. Now, he suffered that uh, torn ACL in the Super Bowl, expected to be available mid-November. We're getting closer and closer. Chiefs, obviously, right now, after losing to the Bills, they are the second betting favorite right now to win the AFC at 4-1, to one, the Bills a short favorite at plus $1.20. Would that shift anything for you as far as balance of power? I'm not saying they catch the Buffalo Bills with Odell Beckham Jr., but he clearly made a tangible difference to the Rams' offense last year. Well, I think uh, the difference for the Rams was that you needed somebody to support uh, Cooper Cup out there. Uh, for me, though, overall, when I look at this Kansas City team, I'm not concerned about offensively. It's still the defense. Even though they lost Tyreek Hill, I think they're fine offensively. I like Jared McKinnon. Uh, you know, I thought he was a guy, Jerick McKinnon. I think he's very good mm-hmm. out of the backfield. Um, th- this team is solid. The big thing is, look, Mahomes threw an interception on the last drive. He doesn't throw an interception. They get a touchdown. We're not even having this conversation. No question. I, I do look at it, and I look at their receivers, like the Juju Smith-Schusters. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is their one from the tight end position, right? If Odell walked in there fully healthy, let's just say he's had the full year to recover, which, by the way, would not be the full year if it's November with that injury coming in February. But let's say Odell is just hypothetical. If he's 100% Odell Beckham Jr., he's their number one receiver, right? Wouldn't he be the day he walked in? He would be, but how good and how effective is he at this point in time? That's the question. To me, if he was as effective as he thinks he might be, Mm. I think somebody would have been willing to pay him big money and sign him right away. I think he's a guy that can give you uh, 
some good qualities in short burst, but overall, how impactful is he really? And I guess, obviously, the injury concern is why he didn't get that new deal done. I know the Rams and their fans are holding out hope that he's going to return to L.A. I don't know that's going to be enough to cure uh, what what's ails the Rams right now. Uh, speaking of injuries, it looks like Mac 10 for the Patriots will be able to go Monday night against the Bears. Now, Bailey Zappi has played pretty well in his stead. You're going to hear experts tell you all over them, especially the ones on Twitter. They, they got to roll with the Zappi experience. They got to keep rolling with Bailey. Is there a chasm to you between the talent level of, say, a Mac Jones and a Bailey Zappi? Um, I, I, look, it's not that far off. Uh, to me, the big thing is that Mac Jones, I like his accuracy. And then the arm strength, I would, I would ask about Bailey Zappi. That's about it. But I, I think both guys are very capable. Mm. And here's the other thing. If a guy like Bailey Zappi played at Alabama, I think you'd perceive him a little bit differently than you do because he played at Western Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge deal. By the way, the Patriots, eight-point favorites right now uh, against the Bears on Monday night. But again, we'll find out that if that changes, if it becomes official and Mac Jones is the guy to go. Uh, but that has not been decided as of yet. But it does look like right now he is slated to go on Monday night. Let's get back to Major League Baseball here. And we saw last night game one uh, had the Strohs on the run line. They came through for me there 4-2, to two, which was a nice uh, start to this one. Because, as you know, I got the Yankees 5-1 to one to win the World Series. A bit of a, of a hedge there. But I felt like in game one, look, the Yankees were in it. That great play by Aaron Judge in the first inning to save a couple runs there. Kept them in it uh, until the bats got alive, came alive for the Strohs a little bit later. Now we get to game two today. And you got uh, Big Sevs on the mound here for the Yanks. And he's going to go against Framber Valdez. Valdez, a solid betting favorite. I'm seeing about minus $1.50 here. That total sitting right around 7 If you like the Strohs in the run line today, you need even more. You can get plus $1.55. We're seeing now as that number's come down a little bit, some Yankee money coming in, minus $1.35 for the Strohs. What do you make of game two today in H-Town? You know, I, I think uh, Luis Severino is not going to be in this game too long. Mm. The Yankees tend to give him a lot shorter leash. Uh, I love Framber Valdez. I think he's a terrific pitcher. You look at the number of quality starts this guy's had all year. He's been great for the Strohs. I think the Yankees are the perfect type of team for him. I think he can really put them in a difficult spot. I think the Astros go up 2-1. to one. I think it's a fairly inexpensive price. I'm not saying that the Yankees get swept, but, boy, this sure feels like a four- or five-game series to me. I, I just think that the Astros deserve a ton of credit for winning that 18-inning game because they used Garcia in the back end, McCullers to start it. So you had what is, amounts to your third and fourth starters both utilized in game three. They win the game. They win in three. The Yankees, even though they had two rainouts, it was still only an extra day because the game was played Friday, which would have been an off day. Um, I'm sorry. it was They kind of had the schedule a little bit messed up there. They ended up having to play Friday, which would have been a travel day. But regardless, they end up in a situation where the pitching has a little bit kind of gotten out of order for them. The bullpen hasn't been phenomenal. Uh, Houston had, I think, the top ERA in baseball from the bullpen this year. Things just line up extremely well. This is an important game for New York. I, I like the Astros' chances here in this game. By the way, to, to what you just said about liking this maybe in a relatively short series, look at the price prices associated. Strohs in a sweep, 5-1. to one. Mm-hmm. Strohs in 5, plus 370. Strohs in 6, plus 285. So that's where you really your demarcation line is going to go there. If you like it in 4 or 5, would you play – both those numbers, and boy, you hit one, you're going to come out certainly on the plus side. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right now you're looking at plus 370, and you're also looking at uh, plus $5. Those are good good numbers you can take. 
I just don't see the Bombers winning two games in this series. I don't know if they've gotten necessarily the combination of pitching and hitting in the same game to be able to do that. And, you know, yesterday, get off to a fast start, uh, but Houston buckles in and finds a way through, gets that game as they double up New York 4-2. to two. Uh, I thought Verlander did exactly what we expected yep. him to, right? Bounce back, um, pitch well, got his team in a position to win, and they did exactly that. You know, what was interesting, too, about the total? Mm-hmm. It was seven yesterday. Yeah. There were five solo home runs hit in this game, and the total lands on six. Yeah. That tells you to the point about we talked about a lot yesterday, moving the line, right? Keeping the line moving, getting guys on. Yankees aren't doing that. I'm not saying the Strohs are because obviously they were all solo shots yesterday. Yeah. But we saw the opposite in the San Diego game where they actually got the line moving in the fifth inning. We're seeing all these solo bombs and the unders are still hitting. Well, because, see, to me in baseball, you, I use a rule of thumb of for every two hits, you've got to get a run, right? Like when you look at a game, last night, 12 hits, six runs. You know, that factors in base on balls, factors in shifting guys over based on a sack fly or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this game, not, the Yankees don't hit the ball consistently well. You know, you mentioned it. Five hits last night, two solo homers, uh, Bader with a homer and Rizzo with a homer. That's it. This team really was not threatening much throughout this game. Uh, you mentioned it with the uh, two solo homers in the sixth inning for um, for the Houston Astros. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pena, of, of course, another homer for him now in two consecutive games, homering in the 18th inning. King's not missing curveballs now. No. Remember, that was a way to get him out. Absolutely. And now all of a sudden, he's, you hang him, he's banging him. Yeah, this <laughs> kid's uh, he's playing well. I, I just think that Putting the ball in play consistently is what Houston does. And, you know, you'll hear Ron Darling talk about it. You'll hear other commentators talk about it when they're broadcasting games. Mm -hmm. Uh, Putting the ball in play puts pressure on the defense. You'll see an error occur. We saw it uh, two nights ago in the ninth inning in the Philadelphia game, even though the, uh, the Phillies escaped it. You know, a mistake here or there. We saw it yesterday in the Padres game, Juan Soto misplaying the ball. All those things, when you put the ball in play, puts pressure on the defense. All right, a ball quick hitter uh, props for you on Framer Valdez tonight. Sounds like you like him. Outs recorded at 15 and a half. Hits allowed at four and a half. Walks one and a half. Anything you like there? Yeah, I like the over 15 and a half because that means he's got to get five and a third innings pitch. This is a guy who led baseball in quality starts, quality starts, uh, the qualifications, six innings, three earned runs. By the way, that should be switched to two earned runs. Three earned runs to me. Uh, that's That shouldn't qualify as a quality start, but I, I think he goes over in this one. Um, I, they believe in him. This guy's a really good pitcher. I, I like him to get five and a third, you know, five and a third innings. I just don't see the bombers getting to him where he gets bounced in this one. I'm going to pass on the number of hits. You got a strikeout prop on him? Yeah, it's four and a half, but the overs juiced to minus one eighty. Wow. You know, is this the if you got the bankroll lay it sort of thing? Yeah. There look, there's certain bets that are worth making in certain situations. Um, you know, a friend of mine texted me the other day. Said, "Well, would you play this at this number? It's this much." I, it, it was on a, um, I forgot what game it was, but I was like, "Listen, you're not probably getting beat here. You mm. might end up with a push, but you're not getting beat." It was kind of like we were talking about the college football over/under win total. Yeah, on Tennessee. Uh, on Tennessee, right? Yeah. I mean, is Tennessee really losing three games no. the rest of the way? No, not, not unless we get a major injury, which we hope it doesn't happen. Yeah. Not in the foreseeable future. But you're right. Uh, for, uh, at four and a half, that feels like a play, uh, playable strikeout total, even though. As Kelly said, the JUI is a little bit much on that at minus $1.80. Uh, we're going to talk more about the Padres game and their comeback uh, against the Phillies later on in the program. But again, right now, if you like the Yankees, get back in the series plus 285, down 0 1. The Stroh's a big number there, minus 340 to go ahead and win this series. When we come back, let's talk some college football. We do have a game tonight. Get that ho, 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 ki, Hey, we'll talk about that and much more. Come on back. It is Big Bets on Visa, the Sports Buddy Network. 
VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of VSIN Big Bets is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke free and spit free satisfaction. Zen understands there isn't one right time to make a change, everyone's timeline is a bit different. Everyone is on their own journey. Whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step towards change, Zen will be there for you. Check out Zen Nicotine Patches at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Back alongside Amal Shaw here. We are rolling on here on Big Bets, talking about Major League Baseball. We'll talked a little bit about the ALCS with the Strohs up one zip. Of course, that game two will be later on today. Strohs a pretty solid favorite here at minus $1.50. Game three in the NLCS will be tomorrow. And that'll be back in the city of Brotherly Shove. Now, the pods got off the deck, and boy, did they ever. Down one zip, down 4 nothing, yep. going to the bottom of the second. And then all of a sudden, the bats came alive. They get two in the bottom half, and then they explode in the fifth. My goodness, we got a series now. And look at this as they come back. By the way, a small favorite, the, the pods were yesterday, minus $1.13. Uh, they come back and get that 8-5 to five win. Easily get over that total of seven. Boy, if you're the Phillies, you got to be kicking yourself. But what if it with Aaron Nola and a four nothing lead, and you weren't able to secure that? I, I have to tell you, it almost feels like there's a potential that the LCS was left at Petco in the bottom of that third inning. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I were talking during the commercial break about you got you you made a great point. You got to have a shutdown inning after you put up that crooked number. If they get through that third inning at four nothing, and remember I said yesterday, I said let's see how San Diego does in the first three innings. They got a couple of crucial solos. That made a 4-2, to two, and then the floodgates open in the fifth inning. Nola ends up giving up, I think, a, a total of six runs. And then Brad Hand had the hit-by-pitch on Cronworth, I believe. And next thing you know... Oh, man. The, they kept the line moving, which yeah, is Yeah, that was crucial. Right. We've been talking a lot about that. Yeah. Which offenses here in the Final Four can really get the line moving? I, did, I didn't see it coming from the Padres, but they really did get it going yesterday. You mentioned that with the Phillies getting this four in the top of the second. First of all, if you had the Phillies' first five, mm-hmm. and you got a 4 nothing lead going to the bottom of the oh, second inning, oh, oh. and you can't cash that ticket, that's going to sting the nostrils. You're absolutely right about that. You're, you're nine outs away. You feel pretty good about a four spot. I mean, look, a four is at least a push, right? A yeah. five's got to beat you. I mean, you're, you're thinking, you're okay. I mean, I'm sitting there in my mind to be like, yeah, this thing's over. I mean, but boom, next thing you know, they get it going and really made a huge difference in this one. I, t- I tell you, Dave, it, it just felt like that fifth inning, oh. you know how you feel like certain teams can come back in certain spots? It felt like once the Padres took that 7-4 lead, this thing was done. It did, and, and it played out that way the rest of the way. Now you get to game three tomorrow back in Philadelphia. And look, Philadelphia right now, they feel like the sports capital of the world. You want to crown them, crown them, you know what. But I'm not ready to do that. Now there will be a little bit of pressure now in the Phillies after the Padres did come back. Now, you look. You'd say, well, if you told us it's 1-1 coming back home, we'd take that every time. Not when you had that 4 nothing lead. I, I agree with you. Right? It feels like the Padres somehow flipped the momentum by that comeback uh, by winning in the, way, in the manner in which they did. Now, they're a slight favorite. Minus $1.08. Philly's minus $1.02 here. We'll see how this plays out before we get to, to pitch number one tomorrow night. But, boy, the, the Padres got to be feeling pretty darn good about, them, about themselves. And on the run line, plus $1.50 – if you think the Padres can win by two or more. 
Yeah, look, you're at Citizens Bank Ballpark, very hitter-friendly ballpark. I think both teams are capable. You could take a look at Philadelphia on the reverse run line as well. Ranger Suarez, just a quick numbers on Suarez and uh, Musgrove versus the opponents right now. Uh, Ranger Suarez was fairly effective so far this year against the Padres. Did have just a singular start. Goes uh, seven and a third inning, seven hits, two earned runs, one solo blast. But on the flip side, Joe Musgrove also with one start against uh, Philadelphia. Seven hits, six earned runs, and two... uh, Based on balls in that one, so not necessarily a great game. So let's see how he responds in this one. Musgrove's been terrific so far in this postseason. Good opportunity for this Padres team. I think both teams are happy with where they're at, 1-1. But I think if you're the Padres, you feel like, hey, we give up two solos in game one. We could have won that one. Darvish pitched well. Yeah. If you're the Phillies, you feel like, hey, we had a 4 nothing lead. Nola on the mound. We feel pretty good about our chances. It just feels so crucial. Greg Maddox used to talk about in pitching, the most important pitch is the 1-1 pitch. And it feels that way in this series. Um, I'm not saying it's a winner for whoever wins game three or a loser for whoever comes up short, but it feels like if you can get a 2-1 lead going into Saturday, boy, you feel pretty good. You know, with the Phillies having home field now, because, again, we're in the 2-3-2 mm-hmm. system here, so they could technically close this out yeah. in Philadelphia. It might never go back to Petco. It does surprise me a little bit in the betting market that the Padres are the small favorite now still to win this series, even though the Phillies have home field, because it's minus $1.15 for San Diego, minus $1.05 for the Phils. Is that because the pitching advantage, perceived advantage here, with Suarez against uh, Musgrove in Game 3? Yeah, I would agree with you. I think in Game 1, I would make the argument Wheeler's the slight edge over you, Darvish. Right. Game 2, I would give a slight edge to potentially Nola against Snell, uh, but you know, and then in Game Three, I, I think it's definitely a larger margin than was there between Games One and Two for the Philadelphia advantage here for the Padres in Game Three. All right, so Joe, Joe Musgrove will take to the bump here, Game Three, on Friday night. I, I tell you what, man, I, I can't wait. This is going to be a crucial game. This is going to really—it just feels like one of those games that's going to kind of change or shift the series. Have you ever put icy hot on your on your ears? No. Yeah, just asking the question. I'm not saying that he did. I'm just saying, you know, in New York, maybe it was a little cold and he had to keep his hands warm. Yeah, Every re- Wednesday night for me, Dave. What's that? <laughs> yeah, nice, Wednesday night's uh, yeah, icy yeah. hot night. A nice shard, nice shard and icy hot behind the ears, you know? Yeah, I, I think it was just an air of desperation by your Mets. Sorry, it's a cheap shot. It's not a cheap shot. It's factual and actual. <laughs> I, I incorrectly sang the fight song for the Virginia Tech Hokies. Get the Hokie high. Hey, it's the Cavaliers. That are in, and by the way, I'm from the, the Commonwealth of Virginia. That's like, you can fight over that stuff in Virginia. Virginia and Virginia Tech. Well, I don't think either team is fighting right now. No, they're really not. <laughs> Cavs, though, are getting three against Georgia Tech. Now, Georgia Tech is supposed to be, obviously, these are two of the also-rans, if you will, in the ACC. But running, I guess, is the key for Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech here, laying the three that total at 47. What do you make of this matchup today for two really struggling teams in the ACC? I would lay this here with uh, Georgia Tech. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like Jeff Sims overall in terms of his mobility, what he can do. But here's the problem. Take away the Richmond game, which was against an FCS opponent. This is a team that has yet to put up more than 20 points in any of the regular FBS games. You lose to Illinois 24-3. And by the way, if anybody watched that game, you know, we talked about the Washington Commanders and the Chicago Bears game being bad. This game was horrific. I mean, god-awful when you talk about games from an offensive standpoint in the second half between the Illini and Virginia. They put up 16 against ODU, 3 against Illinois, uh, 20 against Syracuse, and that was thanks to Syracuse just playing so poorly in that mm-hmm. game. 17 against Duke, against the Ville they score 17. 
I mean, this is an offense that is stuck in neutral. Don't believe it changes. Cheap price here on the Ramblin' Wreck. I like them to win this game here. They've won two in a row. Ever since the Jeff Collins coaching change, team's gotten a little bit better yeah. here. They knock off a Pittsburgh on the road. They beat Duke. Um, you're getting them at this price against an inept Virginia team. I don't know how this line is not four or greater. Uh, and maybe lean towards the under with the points or the lack thereof that Virginia uh, just – their offense just has been struggle city. Listen, I, I I couldn't care less about that, and I'll tell you not to just. Yeah. But my thing is, look, you got a great play here on Georgia Tech. I'm not worried about the total. I, I tend to agree with you. I think it won't probably get there, but I'm looking at the rambling wreck minus three here. That's, that's a great pro tip, though, that if you've got – you don't have to pet both sides here, the side in total. If you've got a, a really good play like you do here on this uh, on the side, then you can just eschew the total, and the best bet there will be Georgia Tech laying the three. George Welsh is not walking through that door for the Cavaliers. Uh, yeah. It's been a minute. Troy against South Alabama uh, tonight as well. And this is, again, Thursday night football that we're, we're breaking down right now. When you look at Troy, they're getting three at South Alabama. Uh, what do you make of this matchup here? And I'm seeing about 47 and a half on the total. Yeah, this can be an interesting game for sure. When you look at this South Alabama team, remember they came up just a bit short in the game against UCLA. They've been very competitive. Good football team. Mm-hmm. The one problem right now is Gunnar Watson at quarterback for Troy. Just throwing the ball with too many INTs so far this year. Already seven. Um, you know, we might see Jared Dogie in there from time to time. But when you look at this team, they're just inconsistent in terms of throwing the ball. Uh, that's the one concern I have here. USA has been terrific in terms of what they've been able to do. This is a pretty good offense. If you haven't seen them play yet, they can really do some things. Bradley's been effective and efficient in terms of getting this offense moving. The question for me is, though, can you stop the running game for uh, South Alabama? I don't know if Troy's going to be able to do that. Lacey and Wayne have been tremendous. They are almost, I think, close to a combined 1,000 yards already this year. So I like South Alabama here at home minus three, but not as much as I do uh, Georgia Tech. Um, Jaguars, they come in playing well, but Troy comes in. The Trojans have won four in a row themselves, so I I would stay away. Look for an in-game opportunity here for me. Okay, so small lean towards uh, South Alabama, but the better advice there would be to wait and see how that first quarter plays out and maybe hop in with an in-game situation there. And that total, by the way, has gone down a little bit to 46-and-a-half here, so under money has come in a little bit there. We're going to talk more college football uh, in hour number two here. I want to get your thoughts on UCLA, Oregon, Texas, Oklahoma State, and Kansas State, and TCU. We'll do that in hour number two. But when we come back, we are going to ship up to Boston. We'll catch up with Josh Applebaum. And again, people, if you have not been listening uh, to Morning Bets, it's one of our newest podcasts that we have here. It's available for VEASAN Pro subscribers. Check out Josh. He gets you ready for the betting day here uh, each and every day. Very quick, about a 15-minute composite of what he sees in the day's action. So we'll catch up with Josh next as we talk all things football. Come on back. It's Big Bets here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 
Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Fall sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, basketball, or baseball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance Bet, Friday Night College Football Bet, plus get Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and more. Head to BetRivers.com. Download the Bet Rivers app today. It is a whole new ballgame. Maul Shaw, Dave Ross here on Big Bets on a Thursday. We do have Thursday Night Football, of course, tonight with the Cardinals hosting the New Orleans Saints, a battle of two and four teams. I mentioned it earlier. You can catch Morning Bets by Josh Applebaum each and every day here on the Decent Spectrum. Kind of get you ready for the uh, the day in wagering. Let's get up to our guy, ship up to Boston with Josh Applebaum now. And, Josh, let's talk a little bit about that Thursday night game because – you know, it looks like Andy Dalton's going to get the start again for Jameis Winston here. Uh, does that change your handicap at all? Is they're kind of playing cat and mouse as to who might go? But it looks like it's going to be the Red Rifle again. Yeah, so Dave and Amal, it's great to be with you. It changes, changes my cap a little bit, but I think you can look at this game in one of two ways. One is, you know, I don't really want any part of the spread. Let's start with the spread. To me, the play tonight is the under. I took the under 44. But to me, why I think this is a difficult spread bet is that you've had a lot of conflicting systems, a lot of conflicting line movements. So when we opened this game, Dave, it was Arizona listed around a two-point home favorite. The immediate move early in the week, you know, Monday morning into Monday into Tuesday, we saw movement going toward New Orleans. They got down to plus one and a half. But then over the last 24, 48 hours, maybe this is, you know, Andy Dalton starting and no Jameis Winston. A lot of steam has come down on the Arizona Cardinals. When they bottomed out at minus one and a half, 
Then they got hit pretty hard up to minus two, now to minus two and a half. If you look at the number right now, it's minus two and a half, minus 120 toward mm. Arizona. So I'm thinking this may even get to the key number of three by the time we get to kickoff tonight. So the late movement is all going toward the Cardinals. If you like them, you probably want to get them now. Money line play, maybe you consider that as well, just seeing as though it was such a low spread to begin with. Odds makers really predicting a tight game here. If you get to three, I assume there's going to be a lot of buyback on Saints plus three. And the reason why I don't really want to touch this, guys, is number one, early move Saints, late move Arizona. I'll lean the late move because that's when limits are raising big bets come in. But also, there's so many dog systems that are matching on New Orleans tonight. If you look at dogs overall this year, they're cashing about 59% against the spread. Road dogs are 60% ATS. Dogs who didn't cover the previous week, like New Orleans, 61% ATS. Dogs who missed the playoffs, 62% ATS this year. Uh, Kyler Murray as a favorite. This might scare you a little bit if you like Arizona. <laughs> he's just 8-14 and 14 against the spread when he's favored in laying numbers. So, to me, you got a primetime dog spot with New Orleans, yet the line's going to Arizona. I'm just going to lay off the spread. I don't see a clear angle. My angle, guys, give me the under. These primetime unders have been fantastic this year, 13-6. and six, But in particular, it's been these Thursday night football unders when maybe you don't really have an exotic game plan. You're going to run kind of a vanilla offense. You know, Al Michaels said he's going to quit, you know, doing these announcing of these games because they're so bad. But if you're <laughs> under better, these are beautiful games to sweat because they're so low scoring. We open this one at like 46-45. We're down to 44, even 43 and a half. Thursday night football unders, 5-1 and one this year, 17-7 and seven since the start of last year. Unders that fall at least a half point, like we're seeing here with this under, 60% uh, sixty this year. So again, conflicting. If you tell me you like Arizona, you tell me you like New Orleans, I can't argue with either of those. To me, it's a layoff the spread. I'm just sweating the under 44 tonight. Yeah, I'll take Al Michaels not to do Thursday night football for max bet available. He's too greedy to pass that up. <laughs> uh, but in terms of this one, I want to ask you a couple of things. This map, The line's at 2.5 right now. If you were to back the Saints, would you go money line or would you take the two and a half? How would you see that? Because I'm a guy that would take the plus 125. I look at these numbers when they're under three, um, whether it's college or NFL, particularly um, in college. But in, even in the NFL, I get you want to take as many points as possible. But the plus 125 seems tempting if you're going to take New Orleans. I mean, it's hard to fathom. You sit there and go, well, I'm going to bet the Saints. They're going to lose by one or two. Yeah, I think it's a really good question, Amal. And I think you talk to different betters, you're probably going to get different answers. You know, I would take the two and a half here. Number one, I would wait and see if I can just get the three sure. naturally because based on the juice price, looks like maybe getting up there. But if, if this is your only shot to either go money line or points, I'll take the points, uh, you know, but I think to your point, Amal, it makes a lot of sense. If you think it's going to be a close game, Saints win it, you're getting a, a much better payout. To me, I just look at the fact that, you know, we've moved the uh, the extra point back, you know, over the last few years. You're starting to see more key numbers like around the three, you know, the two, you know, kind of around these numbers. If you get, you know, something weird happening with a missed kick, I'll take the points here. But again, I think your point, Amal, probably over the long haul, if you take the, the plus money versus the points, you may have you might have a better return on investment long haul. But if you're giving me a one-off game, I'll take the points here. But again, I think if you wait if you wait it out, you may get the three anyway. Talking with uh, Josh Applebaum, you can follow him as I do at Josh underscore Insights. Of course, the host of uh, Market Insights and Morning Bets. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, team totals because I know you like the under tonight, and again that number is, is dipped here to 43 and a half, as you mentioned much higher earlier in the week. And I'm looking here, and I'm seeing team totals here, say for the Saints, about 20 and a half, and the Cardinals, 22 and a half. So that quick math puts it right around 43. Is there one team that you look to that might struggle more offensively versus another? Or do you think this might be a spot where you could hop in on both? So it's a great question here, Dave. To me, you know, I'm going to just kind of put my stock into just the full game odds okay. because, again, when you're kind of a data-driven guy like me, you know, I get all the data on the full game odds on the total. You know, It's really hard to get – 
you know, betting percentages, line movement on the team totals. I think it's a def definitely a good way to attack it, specifically on one team if you feel like you have an edge. Now, if you're making me pick one, I lean a little bit with Arizona to their team total under just the fact that New Orleans, their defense hasn't, defense hasn't been great this year, but I think you do have a lot of talent there that could give Kyler Murray a lot of problems. Also, you know, Kyler Murray, he's going to miss one of his star wide receivers, Hollywood Brown. They just made that trade for Richie, uh, for uh, for Anderson there, mm -hmm. Robbie Anderson. So to me, Kyler Murray is a guy that, again, I think this team is averaging like only 19, 20 points a game, something mm -hmm. like that. Tough defense here. It's a short week. I'd lean more to that that um, that Arizona under team total. But overall, I'm more confident in these full game odds just because I can pull uh, much more or much uh, more information here based on where the market's moving and where the smart money's leaning. Josh, when you look at some of these teams on the short week, you brought up some great points about the under. It just feels like, to me, you've got to play the under here, even if you lose, you're barely getting beat, right? Like, what are we getting to, 45, 47, 48 max? Mm. I mean, it's not like all of a sudden this game's going to be played at, you know, 52, 53. Doesn't it feel like if you bet the under in this game, you're probably in it for the majority of the game, and if you bet the over, it is going to take everything executed perfectly to get over no, I think you're totally right here, Amal. And again, you know, I think the other angle here is when you're looking at these primetime games, Thursday night games, short week games, bet them immediately as soon as the line comes out because what we've seen is uh, the odds makers, maybe they're just giving too much credit to the offense. Now, I think we're going to get some regression here. Are we going to see these 12 to 9 games on Thursday night? Probably not. And unfortunately, if they keep giving us Denver in primetime, maybe we will. <laughs> but uh, I think the angle here is just the fact that because you have such an edge, and I actually wrote, uh, had an article here with the U.S. Bets the other day about it, Number one, it's a short week. You're not going to be exotic on offense. Number two, you're going to have a lot of vanilla offense here, run the ball. And then number three, we're just seeing these unders do very well in general on the short week. So to me, the angle would be, you know, play the under, but play it very early. Like this was a great example. And this came out, I saw 46, 45 and a half, 45. Now you're down to 44, 43 and a half. Obviously, if it lands 44 and the early sharps get it and you lose, that's going to be a tough play. But I think to your point, Amal, I'm going to ride or die with these with these contrarian primetime unders. And I think if you want to take it to the next level, just hit those unders as soon as the odds makers release the line. Yeah, it's been very profitable, certainly, Josh, so far in this Thursday night slate. Let's talk about a game on Sunday that uh, could be a pretty darn good one, obviously. Kansas City going on the road to San Francisco. I saw some threes out there when it came out. But I'm seeing mostly two and a halves now here for the Chiefs. So it's come down a little bit here. What do you make of that line move and which side do you like here? So I jumped on the 49ers at plus three. I'm loving this late line move. And I'm actually, I'm not shocked, but I'm kind of surprised that we have gotten down to two and a half. I had a lot of people ask me on Twitter, do you think if we wait it out, we can get the hook on the 49ers plus three and a half? I'm like, okay, possibly. It's such a lopsided play. But the fact that it never went to three and a half, now it's down to two and a half, that's really, really notable, guys, because the 49ers are your number one contrarian play of the NFL this week. They're only getting 11% of bets. You rarely ever get a team getting, you know, 10% of bets. You know, if you're a contrarian better, you, you like teams that are getting less than 35%. When you get all the way to 10%, this just goes to show you that the public wants nothing to do with the 49ers. They're loading up super heavy here on the Kansas City Chiefs. I get it. They're coming off a loss. Mahomes, uh, how do you not play him on such a short number under three? But remember, this game actually opened KC like minus one and a half, minus one, minus two. We got immediately up to three. But that three going down to two and a half is so meaningful to me because it tells me that even though the odds makers have so much liability or are so much heavy betting from the public on Kansas City, they're more concerned about the plus threes from the contrarian betters here on San Francisco. So San Fran in this spot, Jimmy G has a dog, 16 and four ATS, 80%. Teams who didn't cover the previous week, 61%. Also, Chris Andrews. I really love this system that he's been talking about quite a bit. If you're a home dog one week and then you're a road favorite the next week, 
that's typically a fade spot here, and the numbers back it up. If you fade that spot, it's about 56% against the spread. So oddsmakers are taking a position. It's a misconception. They always want 50-50 betting. seems to me that they're okay with all this heavy betting on uh, Kansas City. If you targeted the plus three, if you got the three on the 49ers, you are loving the fact that it's falling down to two and a half today. Yeah, absolutely. Against what we talked about yesterday, who do you trust? The betting market trusts. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, they do not trust Jimmy G. And by the way, I'm with you. I grabbed some plus threes earlier in the week before that dipped down to two and a half. Hey, Josh, great stuff as always, my friend. Um, keep going with uh, morning bets. I know people are, I saw on Twitter giving you some shout outs. So keep the good work going. Dave, I really appreciate it. Amal, Dave, have a great day. Good luck Thanks. tonight. There too. he is, everybody. Follow him on Twitter at Josh uh, underscore insights before you get your Thursday night plays in. But yeah, again, it gets back to what we talked about. I mean, people will load up on Patrick Mahomes because they trust him. They trust Josh Allen. They really don't trust a whole lot of other quarterbacks, and certainly not Jimmy G in that spot. I do like San Francisco getting that three if he can still get it. Come on back. Hour number two. going to play a little yes-no for the NFL playoffs next year on Big Bets. These are the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you.